Good evening and welcome to episode 18 of In at the Side. Tonight it's just me and JK and tonight we're joined by the man who does this. Of course, we're joined tonight by Wasp back rower Ben Morris. How are you tonight, Ben? Really good, thank you. You right? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Um, I think we'll just start with the uh, the breaking news. Uh, obviously, Premiership Rugby looking to restart again early July. They're talking about uh, hosting multiple games uh, at one or two different venues, a couple of midweek matches um, to get through the rest of the season. What, what, what's, your, uh, what's your thoughts on that? Uh... I mean, it'd be great to get back playing as soon as possible, but um, obviously health and safety and all that takes priority. Um, but, I mean, if we can get the season going again and get it finished, then that'd be great. But uh, it's just a shame it stopped when it did because we started building up a bit of momentum and uh, on a bit of a roll. So, you know, it came at the wrong time, but that's, that's life, I suppose. Just got to deal with what it is we're dealing with. Do you think it's because the, the, the clubs are really eyeing up Europe? essentially making sure whatever happens to put themselves in the, the, the right place ready for uh, what could happen with the European rugby next year? Uh, I guess I guess that'll be an element of it. Um, but then it's, I don't know, it's just, uh, I guess there's uh, the financial side of things as well. Just, you know, trying to keep the clubs alive, the, the sort of the revenue that comes with playing games and sponsorship and all that. Um trying to get that finished but yeah it's just it's tough to see sort of how everything's going to fall into place at the minute because sort of no one really knows um, and it was I think it was today they said in France there's going to be no uh, no sport until September so yeah. whether we go along that road and say we're not playing sports until September or what have you just got to wait and see and when everything's sort of given the green light we can get back into it but until then it's just in limbo. So what, what plans have, the, have Wasps got in place then? Are, are they already starting to filter down what their ideas of how things are going to work with you guys or have they started filtering and saying you need to help what you're doing in preparation? Uh, so I mean at the minute we, we've been setting out like uh, programs to do so um, sort of like running and stuff like that and they they opened up the gym um, and we sort of booked in slots to go and grab sort of equipment and uh, take it home so I think most lads have got a few bits at home that they can do sort of gym-wise. Um, then in terms of getting back into sort of training as a team, I think the uh, towards the end of May, the plan is to sort of hopefully go in in small groups um, so they can control like social distancing while we're training. Um, so I guess it'll be, you'll be given a, a channel on the pitch and you'll be running up and down the pitch <laughs> a few metres away from your mate at the side. So... Uh, There'll be no hiding, definitely, with that. Um, but, yeah, so I think three three or four weeks of sort of mini pre-season and then hopefully back into games after that. So, yeah. Do, do you think they're going to yeah. absolutely try and annihilate you in session one? Uh, I don't think so. I, Dan Barr, the, the SNC guy, he's, um, he's, uh, he's a great guy. And he, he said the first session back, we've got to Bronco. So, I mean, every, everyone sort of knows what's coming. Um, and we've... We've all got targets that we're supposed to go for, but I don't think anyone necessarily is going to be uh, sort of 
absolutely bollocks if they've uh, done nothing because you know, it's, it's a pretty tough time. But uh, I think lads are sensible enough to know that they need to do a bit of training and stay in shape. It's, I mean, it's a job at the end of the day, isn't it? So, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't come back and get beasted. But then again, <laughs> <laughs> <It's fun>. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Who knows what's coming? So they're, um, they're talking at provisional plans for the Prem final to be mid-August. Obviously, July, so that, you know, doesn't really leave a lot of time for sort of eight or nine games to uh, to be crammed in. What, you know, what do you think, you know, is it going to be more squad rotation, stuff like that to, to deal with that, do you reckon? Uh, I mean, if they're, they're planning on playing multiple games in a week, then it's going to have to be squad rotation because I know it's, it's tough enough going from a, a Sunday game into a Friday, sort of backing it up like that. Um, so, yeah, it'll come down to playing with uh, the whole squad rather than just an out-and-out 23 that will get picked week in, week out. Um, which could be a good opportunity for some of the fringe players who um, maybe don't get as much game time. Um, but then you have to think about like, injuries and what have you. And if sort of a couple of players go down a certain position, then people are going to be expected to back it up like eight games, like you say, in a pretty short amount of time. So... It'll be a, a big ask, so that's definitely one consideration that whoever's planning it will have to take into into account. Yeah, definitely. And there's got to be an element of safety at the end of the day because there's a lot of games and it's going to have a, not just a physical impact on players, there's going to be that mental strain of having to... Well, obviously, you're used to training in a different way and obviously it's going to absolutely change just for that period of time. You're going to have light yeah. before games, between games, and it's not the same intensity because you're not doing that intense training, that falls into the game where you're not doing an intense game. Is gonna, do you think that's going to be backing off in games? Or Yeah, definitely. I mean, well, I'll say at the minute, like, before all this happened, we, we'd have a training week and we'd have, like, there'd be an intense day. It'd be like a performance session and it would be near enough full-on in training, live tackling and stuff. So you need that preparation during the week to, to prepare for game at the weekend and if, you, if you're playing two games a week then you're not going to be able to go live in training and you're not going to be able to get that preparation that you need to perform at, the, at your best at the weekend so it's yeah if if they are playing multiple games in a week then you know it's, it's probably going to have a massive effect for the game at the weekend hmm. Well hopefully uh, they'll sort something out and obviously safety is going to be number one it's going to show strength and depth at the end of the day as well especially with the, the clubs in the bottom half of the table, it would be a good chance for them to start showing the strength and depth they really have. So we know the likes of Saracens have got the strength and depth. Exeter got the strength and depth. Wasps definitely have the strength and depth. But it would be good to see what depth Leicester have or, or Worcester has. And it would be good. It's, a good. it's good to see how they perform. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, I mean, those, those fringe players who might get the odd game in, in the Prem Cup or maybe a European appearance. Uh, it'll be a good opportunity for them to get Prem experience if that does happen. So, um, yeah, I mean, for me, I've been sort of on the fringe a bit this season, off, off the bench a couple of times in the Prem. And, you know, if it meant that I got a bit more game time, then I'd be all for that. But then again, that's the player safety thing that you have to come back to. It's, it's a big ask. So, yeah. Yeah, that's priority, really. Definitely. So obviously, moving towards your senior career, you've had uh, a number of clubs. A few. 
since, uh, since joining. Obviously, you were uh, Yorkshire born and bred. Oh, you're not Yorkshire born, are you? No, no, I was, I was born in Lancaster. I, mean, I think every oh, single oh, oh, I have oh, oh. on a rugby website is uh, said Yorkshire born. And it's yeah. Born in Lancaster and then I think moved to Yorkshire, Yorkshire when I was maybe three, I think, three or four. So, uh, so plastic Yorkshire. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't remember any of my time in Lancashire. So, uh, adopted Yorkshire. Oh, yeah. yeah, so obviously number of clubs, obviously you started at Ponty. Did you play senior <laughs> Ponty or? Did you no, I didn't. I um, went into, was it Leeds? Yeah, so I was I was 12 when I first went down to Ponty Rugby Club and uh, the only team they had was the under-16s. Um, so that was my... <laughs> so that was fun. Playing club rugby, um, which was great. I mean, it was unbelievable playing with lads like four years older than me and, you know, sort of coping and, uh, and well, playing quite well for for my age. And then, yeah, onto into the academy at Leeds um, and then played a few games at Otley. So that was my first experience of men's rugby. Um, mm. So that was a good crack. Uh, and then, yeah, moved up to Newcastle uh, to go up to uni up there um, and did a year at Westow um, down there and then on to... Bladen after that uh, for two and a bit years um, and got into the academy at Newcastle after that. Uh, two years in the academy at Newcastle, then down to Nottingham. Uh, well, when I was at Newcastle, I was at, on loan at Rotherham for a, a year and a bit. So that was my first sort of dealing with Lee Blackett uh, and yep. reunited with him now. Um, Not that yeah. Lady yeah, and then... Um, Nottingham and then on to, on to Wasps. So, yeah, quite a few clubs. <laughs> I, know, I, thought, I thought I was bad. But, yeah. uh, yeah, obviously, traveling those different clubs kind of set you up for where you are now and it helped to have those different coaching styles, those different teams running out against a mixture of different clubs kind of helps you where you are now or would you prefer to have had extended times at other clubs? Uh, to be honest, I think the way I've done it, it's probably been pretty good. Uh, like when I set out playing rugby, it was it was never sort of my dream to be a professional rugby player. Um, I was in the academy at Leeds, and I had the choice of sort of staying on in the academy or going to university. Um, and like I said, I didn't know that rugby was going to be a, a career, so I thought I'd go to uni, get a degree, um, get a bit of different life experience, have a, a few years on the piss, uh, play a bit of rugby alongside, and. You know, um, turned out all right. So I've managed to get to where I'm at now. So, yeah, yeah. I want to change it. I've had a, a great time. Like every club's sort of got a special place in my heart. I've met some great people on the way, played with some great players and, you know, some great experiences. Yeah. And obviously, being underneath, obviously, when you went to Nottingham, you were under Matt Everard. Uh, yeah, he was playing with me there, yeah. And yeah, obviously learning the trade and, and then getting through on him was why helpful for when Dai kind of started to snap you up. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, well, it was uh, when Cosy was the head coach and he announced that he was moving there and I was like, sort of in his ear, like, oh, is there any, any back row spot? <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't hear anything. So I was like, I, I, um, I was signed on to stay at Nottingham for another two years. Um, 
and had a close of my contract saying I could get out of a Premiership club came in um, and it was, it was the last day of my close that I had in my contract that I got a call from my agent being like, oh, Wasps, uh, wasps are interested, so get ready if it comes through. And uh, yeah, so it was like transfer deadline day, signing. What were your emotions like when you got that phone call? Uh, yeah, I was a bit shocked, elated, surprised. Um, I playing in the champ uh, when I was at Rotherham and at, at Nottingham. Uh, it was great level. Um, really, really enjoyed it. But I always sort of wanted to push on. Um, having played at that level, and I was like, yeah, it's a sort of. It was a dream to to get the call and say there's a Premiership club interested. Um, and yeah, I mean, hopefully I'll stay in the Prem as long as I can, but you know, I'm just enjoying my time while I'm here. No, oh, definitely. And obviously, um, come with the fact that we come from a Sevens team, you had a stint in the Sevens, didn't you? Did, uh, uh, I played a little bit. The Premiership uh, Sevens for uh, the old Falcons? Yeah, played in the Prem Sevens a few times. Uh, probably different, yeah. different game. Yeah, I wouldn't say I was a conventional Sevens player. <laughs> <laughs> no, Look for the contact and then uh, try and get the ball away to someone who's a bit faster than me. But that was it. It was great playing in the Sevens. Um, that was my first sort of experience playing in front of a, a big crowd um, at Franklin's Gardens um, and being on TV and what have you. It was, yeah, it was, it was really good. Uh, it was um, mostly academy lads and a few, a couple of older boys thrown in there, like Richie Mayhew. Um, and that was a great laugh, just a bit of fun. Um, we ended up winning the, the group stages as it was back then. And then onto the the finals, um, which we didn't do as well then. But that was a great experience. It was good fun. Yeah, it's a, it's a different game. A lot more, uh, a lot more running. A lot more um, uh, yeah. skill. A lot the skills have to be definitely upped when it comes to sevens. Yeah, they're a lot more highlighted. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. If you if you can't sort of catch and pass, then you. You can um, this is why Dom. That's why Dom manages. Oh, Jesus! That's a bit harsh. Am I wrong? That's outrageous. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah, you are actually. Oh, in fact, Dom, when did you play last year? Yeah, played Essex, Northampton. How many games? Uh, three, four, five, six, seven. No, you probably, about, probably, about, probably about nine. Oh, Jesus. I think Neil played 30-odd, which is quite impressive for the oldest man in the seventh circuit. <laughs> I was reflecting. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, obviously, you're, what are you now, 28? Yeah, 28. Yeah. So, you'll be getting into the, the thoughts of what happens next, what happens yeah. in the future, what's, what's your plans for when... Obviously, professional rugby starts to die down. Uh, I've already done a little bit of planning, so hopefully, sort of go into the finance world. Um, so my missus, she she works in the finance world already, and she's been doing the financial exams. Um, and I was like, I just have a flick through the textbook, see if I sort of understand it, and um, sort of <clears throat> yeah, I've. Uh, I understood it. 
I was like, it's not too boring. It interests me a bit. Um, so <laughs> cracked on and I've done two exams towards that. Um, so that's sort of my plan at the minute is go down, down that route into advising or something like that. Nice. Is that, is that what you studied at uh, university then? Or? I did, uh, did geography at uni. A generic rugby player degree. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> at least it wasn't media. Yeah, so, no, well, I mean, at the time when I was choosing uh, courses to go to uni for, I was, geography was the only su- su- subject at school that I was relatively good at and enjoyed. Um, yeah. And it, it's quite a versatile degree. I mean, it covers a lot of aspects. I mean, one of the, one of the, uh, the modules I did at uni was um, geographies of money, so it was financially related, and it was the best module that I did. Um, so that's probably where the finance element ties in to my degree. Um, but apart from that, I, I, I don't know how else I'd use my geography degree. Everyone says geography teacher. I'm, like, I'm not going to be a teacher. Uh, all the, all the women in my family, like my sister, my mum, my auntie, they're all teachers. Um, mm. and it sounds like a tough job. Um, <laughs> I don't think they get yeah. enough credit for, for what they do. So I couldn't. I don't know, my geography teacher at school was fantastic. He loved the, he was a rugby player. And he loved the rugby players, not in that sense, but he, <laughs> yeah. he played rugby, you were his favourite. And the only reason I probably passed my GCSEs was because he took us lot <laughs> and went <laughs> with the coursework. <laughs> if I didn't, no, I mean, so yeah, so for teachers. Yeah, I think there there is a lot of rugby players that do geography. I mean, when I was at uni, I think. I'd say majority of the lads who played rugby were on the geography course. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. It's a weird, weird correlation, but it's what it is. <laughs> so, um, just we've avoided talking about it at the moment. Obviously, uh, COVID. Obviously, the championship season finished. Yeah. Um, obviously, we had the announcement a few months ago about the cuts. You know, what's your obviously you play in the championship? How important is the championship in your in your opinion? Um, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, because obviously we get a lot of mixed opinions and stuff like that. And at this time, you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, clubs clubs struggling down there. I think it's it's massively important to the professional game, like the whole the whole setup of the country. Um, just my experience alone playing at Nottingham. Uh, there was George Furbank, Alex Moon, Will Stewart, all on loan at Nottingham and then gone on to the England squad. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it just shows that it's it's competitive league um, and it's developing good players. Um, so, I mean, they they don't get enough credit for, for what they do. Um, they operate on a, a shoestring budget and produce good players um, and to sort of take money away from them is it's just going to hit it even harder um and to be honest it like the salaries aren't great and and people do it because they want to push on and and progress into the champion into the premiership um and clubs won't be able to offer as much as they were which wasn't a lot um so it's probably going to have less appeal for someone who's sort of wanting to to sacrifice a bit of of money to play rugby um, it's just going to be too hard to sort of live um, like 
everyone's got bills to pay, whether that's rent or a mortgage or, you know, feeding yourself, whatever. So, you know, it's going to be hard to, to commit to a professional sort of environment and a non-professional salary. You think this, obviously, this current situation with COVID-19, the whole 50% cut in the championship funding, do you think this kind of accelerates the potential plans on ring fencing? <clears throat> Uh, the end game goal is likely to become? I mean, I, I wouldn't want to see it ring-fenced, to be honest. Uh, I, I Personally, I'd have the playoffs back. Um, I played in those when I was at Rotherham, and that was unbelievable. And it was, I can't remember what year it was, but it was the uh, Worcester and Bristol game when it came down to the last conversion. <coughs> to see yeah. it I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, and that's sort of, that's what sport's about, having those those like massive moments um, and ring fencing is the argument that, you know, some of the games will be for nothing because there's no relegation. You can just sort of admit defeat this season and start planning for next season. Um, yeah. Whereas when there's relegation, you know, like every game is competitive. Um, you know, you have to go out and fight to survive and, you know, it brings out the best in people, that pressure. Um so, yeah, personally, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to see it ring-fenced. At the same time, do you think the Championship's now kind of screwed for the next season anyways, with the fact that Saracens are going to be playing in that, where a lot of their main players are picked to stay? Obviously, some have tried to go out on loan elsewhere, but Premiership clubs have basically said, not a chance. Do you think that next year's Championship is literally a foregone conclusion already? Is there any really point? It's just basically staving yourself away from relegation. Um, yeah, I mean, realistically, you just expect Saris to win. Um, but I mean, if they fancy a gritty night down at the bay on a Friday on a muddy pitch in December, it'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah, be a few upsets. Uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, when you had, you had London Irish down in there and you had Newcastle down in there, there were some tough games, especially against the likes of Ealing. Yeah, you think top four Saris who top two salary should I say because it's always been a horse race in the premiership it's not really fair on the championship yes they need to be punished but at the same time you're now punishing the championship yeah um, that's, why, that's why I think like bringing back the playoffs as, again it, it just sort of like, adds a bit more pressure and, and gives teams who aren't as rich as salaries I don't know what the finances are looking like with the final or whatever but you know, it, it, last year. <laughs> I mean, it makes it more competitive, doesn't it? And uh, gives that chance of an upset, potentially. Yeah, it does. And I think that could potentially, so like, Ealing would probably be, a, it would probably push them. Rotherham on a good push them. Nottingham certainly would. But with their depth and with their strength, it's going to, it, especially with the cuts, <clears throat> cut, cutting the funding is going to cut some players, at the, essentially. Yeah, it's going to get to a stage where it's dangerous. Obviously, you're going to have seasoned pros who know how to scrummage, know how to niggle it in a scrum, going up against those who probably haven't had to play against that sort of intensity before. And that's where the danger starts coming in. Uh, yeah, I mean, Will Skelton's running at some 18-year-old who's just finished school, then, you know... You've got to break him. Yeah, it's, it's, there's one outcome, isn't there? I mean, like, it's tough because obviously 
the championships there for players to sort of develop. And then if you're playing against the uh, the champions of Europe and what have you, then you know it's going to be it's going to be tough to to even try anything because realistically they're just going to walk all over you. So yeah, and mentally it's going to decimate you for that week, and then that will potentially move on to the week after. You're still in that down phase, still thinking about the previous game. Snowballs from on there. Yeah, I mean, it's still on the flip side though. You can, you know, if you're a young lad just finished school and you're playing against Owen Farrell, for example, it's been like played against Owen Farrell last weekend. <laughs> Got smashed, but who cares? Yeah. We won't talk about how Farrell tackles. <laughs> <laughs> Headhunter, <laughs> I think, will be a great one. But, so, um, so obviously, money running scarce in the championship. You know, how are teams going to cut corners and combat this? You know, are we going to see more part-time players or less, you know, less players in the squad, do you think? Uh, I think there'll probably be a combination of both. Um, I know for, for Nottingham, I think they announced that they're going to go into a more of a part-time structure um, next season, which obviously means that they're not going to be able to keep as many players on. Um, I mean, they're quite fortunate that they've got Great links with the the universities um, in the city, like NTU. Um, there's quite a few boys who will come in and train with us and 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 play at the weekend when I was there. So they're quite fortunate for that. Um, and then they'll come down to sort of players coming on loan from Premiership teams, um, which again is an argument of why the Championship so good because it gives that sort of opportunity for fringe players in the Premiership to get game time at a, a decent level. So if you if you're cutting that funding, then the sort of the standard will will drop, and those <clears throat> players who need experience aren't going to be getting as good an experience playing in the Championship. No, obviously that's going to be take a big hit on mental health, and obviously a big thing for us. How how it is going to be a big thing on mental health because they're used to playing so much. Now they're having to go find jobs. It's gonna. It's not. It's gonna demoralise them mentally. Um, yeah. How yeah. how how are they gonna combat that? Is there things in place at Nottingham and is the other Championship clubs that are gonna kind of help them with that? Um, I'm not really too sure what what the sort of what they've got in place. Um, I think the set will probably be uh, up to sort of sponsors and businesses in the area who could potentially offer jobs. And alongside them training on an evening or whatever, um, that would be the well, the most logical thing to do, in my opinion. Um, but lads who are sort of resigned to the fact that you can't even you can't play part time rugby and have a job and earn a decent living, so you've got to give one of them up. Um, mm. you know, can you can you go from playing competitive professional sport to just having a sort of a run around with your mates at the weekend and, and enjoy it as much, perhaps, or, you know, some lads might just pack it in completely and, and that's that's a great shame. Um, yeah, the intensity is definitely going to drop. That's yeah. Sad thing about it and there's nothing we can do about that. I know Nottingham came out a few weeks ago and called the RFU a disgrace the way they're doing things, but the intensity is definitely going to drop. You can't do high-intensity championship rugby on a Saturday if you're, if you're part-time training? No, I mean, Richmond Richmond did it uh, and they were 
pretty competitive. I'm, I'm not sure what Amtel's model is, but they've had a pretty good season uh, until it stops. Um, <clears throat> it, it totally depends on the club and, and sort of what players they get in. Like some players will be quite happy to just play part-time and, and are good players, but they, they're not bothered about sort of going the full, the full way and trying to make a career out of it. They're just doing it purely as a bit of fun. Um, whereas other players who are trying to make it as a professional, it's, it's going to be harder to do it like that, playing part-time. Yeah. Flip side, it'll make it a lot more competitive. There'll be a lot less... There'll be, it kind of evens out the playing field slightly, if you think about it. Because where you've got some clubs who are fully full-time, some clubs are part full-time, part part-time, and some clubs are fully part-time, this kind of just absolutely evens it out. And, it's, and at the same time, yes, we're saying it's going to be less intensity, it's going to be a bit of a, an issue. But this, at the other at the end of it, it's going to be a very competitive from second place downwards, in my view. Um, very competitive. Yeah, I mean, it, it could almost be just like an extension of that one mm. like, at this, the same sort of level because I played in that for a while and that was a great league, like competitive games, but there, there is a step up into the championship. Um, but I mean, that step up might be less, which then makes the biggest step up into the premiership. So yeah. you know, that, that transition of <clears throat> from championship to premiership probably drop off. Um, which is a shame because that's where, well, most, so, well, I say most, a lot of um, young English players are playing their rugby and it's a shame to have so much talent wasted and, and not make that progression. No, definitely, definitely. But yeah, I think the next 12 months, 18 months, two years of rugby is going to be interesting, not just for the Premiership, but Championship downwards. Um, as you say, Championship is going to be a, like an extension of that one. But then we've got the whole you know, around 2021, then 2022, they're thinking of doing a whole restructure anyways. So it's going to be absolutely crazy. If I'm yeah, able. I mean, who knows what's going to happen, really. Uh, just hopefully get back to some sort of playing in the near future. And uh, I'm, yeah. I'm sure things will sort of work, the, work their way back into normality at some point. Definitely. I think that's the key thing is get back, get back playing first and let's deal with everything afterwards. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, Obviously, moving slightly forward, um, a little birdie in the name of Pasha has just told me that uh, you're due to be a father. I am, yeah. Congratulations uh, on that one. Congratulations on that. How long left? Uh, just under four weeks. Does she want to kill you yet? Uh, no, she's uh, actually <laughs> amazing. She's, she's not had any, any real issues. Uh, she's sleeping well. Um, and just as long as she's got enough sleep, then... She's uh, she's pretty good. So as long as you get the right chocolate. <laughs> yeah, no sweets. She's uh she's uh, sweets. So there's been a few Amazon orders of Haribo coming through the door. Um but no, I mean I can't wait. So like the last sort of three or four weeks, however long we've been locked down for, is being sort of last minute preparation, making sure everything is set and yeah, what would have been a nice time to sort of Spend with the family, it'll just be us two and a newborn. So, yeah. yeah. Cherish every moment. Mine's now six months and an absolute terror. <laughs> and luckily, we had our little one there just beforehand. And um, yeah, luckily, we got him first before the, the whole lockdown happened in uh, October. Yeah, he was born in October. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's literally crazy. And luckily, but to be fair, luckily, he won't know these times and what's happening. It will be a distant memory to him. 
Yeah, exactly. So what, what are you having, boy or girl? I don't you know? No, didn't find out. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so. Between, between, us, between us lads, what are you hoping for? I mean, I'd love to have a little boy, but I mean, I'd, t- I'd take a girl as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've always said every man hopes for a boy first, but yeah. it's a real man to have a girl. And I'm screwed because I've got four boys. So, <laughs> oh, I can't make girls, apparently. Yeah. But, uh, ever thought about um, cameoing up, up the north again, coming up here and have a, a cheeky one on a boxing day? Uh, well, I mean, I'd love to. Contracts, contracts permitting, obviously. Yeah, I mean, Christmas never really happens in rugby. <laughs> it's always uh, always game day, isn't it, boxing day? So. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's annoying. Like, I always, around Christmas, I always meet up with my Quags, uh, Quags mates, and it's always like, they're getting steaming and I'm driven up for the night had a meal and driving back down wherever it is I need to go because I've got a game the next day so oh bet that designated driver it's fine yeah, yeah. so uh, never really works out but I'm sure at some point in the future once uh, once I've stopped playing Dom keep his details <laughs> always, space on a, always space on a seven on a sevens to <coughs> that's a lot yeah yeah Maybe not seven, I mean. Yeah. Rolling subs or something like that, maybe. It is rolling, yeah, it's rolling subs. It's fine. Yeah. So, normally rolling off. Well, but Ben, it's been great to have a a Northerner like yourself on. Obviously, especially one from where I'm in Wakey myself. So, especially one uh, small where I am. Um, As I say, I think um, I've just been told about you smashing Pash and left him winded in a varsity match. Was one what we were talking. Oh, right. Well, that's where you need to kill him. Thanks for joining us, Ben. It's been great. To... Thanks for having me. Yeah, I think no that's, that's it from myself. Perfect. Normally we'd have a scenario, but scenario Neil's not on, and we're not. We don't. Should we, should, should we do the scenario just in his honour? You can do if you want. Okay. Oh, right. So I can't. I can't remember the whole. Spiel, oh, but... I can. It's basically, you're locked. You're in lockdown. You're yeah. not allowed to go out. Can't go out for your one hour's exercise. You're, you can't go out for your food. You're just in lockdown for two weeks. Who out of everyone you've played with at Wasps would be making an absolute living hell <coughs> those two weeks? Who did Marcus Watson say? Uh, at Wasps. Um... Oh, that's tough at Wasps. Uh, <laughs> I'm probably going to have to say Zuzu, just because he's, uh, <laughs> he's a <laughs> Just because his, uh, his English would probably great on me by the end of two weeks. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's the only one I can think of. I mean, everyone's, everyone's pretty sound at Wasps. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who Marcus said. Yeah, Marlon Yard, I think it was, wasn't it? Oh, it was Yardy. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, he, he got more than Wasps, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, he didn't go. Yeah, we had Mark. We had Marcus on before, and uh, this, this is what happens when uh, when we don't have our scenario professional one. It all goes wrong. Yeah, exactly. But no, Ben, thank you very much for joining us. Um, no privilege, <laughs> been a pleasure. Hopefully, get you back on in a, in a few months when rugby starts again, and we've actually got something to talk about more than spots and maybes. Yeah, yeah, definitely something a bit more permanent. Yeah, yeah exactly. No worries. Thank you very much, sir. Perfect. And, uh, right, thanks very much. A few weeks, let us know when it happens. Let us know what yeah. you are. Thank you very much. No worries, Cheers, Ben. Thanks. Cheers, See you soon. All right, bye. Cheers. Bye. See ya.